0: Prepare to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Mac Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. To
1: and now, with today's adventure, it's Mac. Good evening and welcome back to another adventure in history. I'm Milana Quila with Providence Seaside Hospital here tonight with Mac Burns, Executive Director of the Cotsop County Historical Society.
0: Happy Mother's Day.
1: Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to Renee. <laughs> not to you.
0: <laughs> I was briefly going to laugh, but then you, you said to Renee instead of to me.
1: Yeah. Nope. Not you.
0: So you are the queen of family outings and pictures of your kids.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: 15 years ago, would you have anticipated loving motherhood as much as you do?
1: 15 years ago. I don't know.
0: Because you do not strike me as the type that, my whole life I just wanted to be a mother. I just want to be a mother.
1: No, I definitely did not.
0: You have your own identity, your own yep. interests, your own career.
1: About 15 years ago, though, is when I started thinking mm-hmm. that I did want to have kids. But prior to that, if you would said 20 years ago, um, No. I, I mean, I, I knew I wanted a kid. You
0: knew it would happen at some point, but it Maybe. wasn't like the focus yeah. of your life.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, don't, no. Don't I misunderstand. Love I
1: love that now that women have lots of choices and that's, that's fabulous. But yes, I do love being a mother. I have two great little girls and I love having girls. I do.
0: Really? Instead of boys?
1: Oh, yes. Girl, <laughs> girl mom all the way. When we knew we were going to have a second one, mm. I, I knew I wanted a girl. I mean, I just—it just was because Carly was so much fun. So I was like, "Oh, we'll just—we'll just double it." And it—it is. There's three girls in our household. I love it. I mean, see, I never, Mark I, has no chance.
0: I never really cared. <laughs> see, is that wise? So you could yeah, outnumber. Sure. See, see, I never really cared, one way or the other. Oh yeah. I was like, I really don't. If it's a boy, it's great. If it's a girl, it's
1: great. Perfect. See. So. It—it it always ends up how it's supposed to be, right? Now my
0: brother help? desperately wanted, you know, to carry on the family name and had three girls. Oh. <laughs> And I think because it mattered to him, right? It doesn't matter to me. So <laughs>
1: that's funny. The first shot, I got a boy. There you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so he and I have never actually had that discussion. But yeah, probably was, not. I'm sure it kind of riles him a little bit. Yeah. But I continued the family name. He did not. Yes. So, shall we get right to it, Let's or do we? Do have, it. No, we've got other things. You got to talk oh, about something else. Oh, well, that's starting fun.
1: To, starting today is Hospital Week, and it's Hospital Week for every hospital. Um, so at Providence Eastside, we have lots of fun activities that our administration team will be doing all week. We started today with um, well, today was like cookie delivery. I think we had some really cool, and we have okay. four hundred donuts showing up this week. Free
0: colonoscopies.
1: No, that's oh. not included in hospital week.
0: <laughs> Free blood work? <laughs> no.
1: It's not really for the patients, it's for the staff. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we spoil our staff, so lots of fun fun activities. So we have some chalk art one day. Mm. Um, we have a wellness room opening up just for the staff. So,
0: See, I'm things. always curious, because there's like museum week too, and things mm-hmm. like that, and I just always wonder.
1: Oh, there's always. Does the public something. care at all? Oh,
0: but you just nailed it. It's for the employees.
1: Right. It's not really for the public. It's go team. Yes. Sure. So. And nurses week was last week. So it like rolled right into hospital week. Oh, that's
0: like having your birthday the day before Christmas. I know. See, it's doctor's week it.
1: was a while ago. But we have, mm-hmm. I mean, there's lab week. There's physical therapy week. You're right. There's something for everyone. Yes. We'll find out. Well, there's a Mac Burns day. Well, of
0: course. That so. goes without saying.
1: But just a day. <laughs> you could aspire for more. I don't
0: need a week. <laughs> One day is enough, isn't there it? There we go.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I
0: think so. everybody would agree on that one. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's see. Things that happen tomorrow. Yes. Because we, we've we done a show on Mother's Day already mm-hmm. in the history of it. So we're not going to do that tonight.
1: Okay.
0: Um, so these are just the regular things that happened uh, tomorrow, May 9th, 1768. John Hancock. We all know that guy. Yeah. He uh, pays duties on 25 pipes of wine, only one-fourth of his ship's carrying capacity. <laughs> British officials accuse him of unloading the rest during the night to avoid paying duties on the entire cargo.
1: So maybe that's why he wrote his name so big.
0: He probably, he was already a troublemaker.
1: (laughs) Well, or maybe he couldn't see. Oh, you know.
0: (laughs) No, I just like, oh yeah, my ship came in and it only had 25% of the capacity. Right. Sure. (laughs) Wink, wink, (laughs) nod, nod. Uh, 1785, British inventor Joseph Brahma patents the beer pump handle.
1: The beer, oh. It's like, for our
0: friends at Bowie Beer and Fort George and right. other places. A beer pump. The beer pump handle.
1: Like on a tap? I'm assuming. Okay.
0: I didn't look it We up. could be wrong. We could be wrong. Uh 1865, President Andrew Johnson issues a proclamation declaring armed resistance in the South is virtually at an end. This is the commonly accepted end date of the American Civil War.
1: Oh, May 9th.
0: That's right. And we've there had we peace ever since. <laughs> Everybody gets along. Yeah. Uh, 1887. Buffalo Bill's Wild West show opens in London, giving Queen Victoria and her subjects their first look at a romanticized version of the American West.
1: Wild Wild West.
0: Buffalo Bill Cody.
1: We like Buffalo Bill. Or we've we, talked about him. We do. Him.
0: Because he, in theory, worked for the Pony Express. Right. Well, not in theory. He did. Whether he was a writer or not is certainly somewhat questionable. Right.
1: But it sounds good.
0: It is. It is good. Uh, 1914. Woodrow Wilson proclaims the first Mother's Day holiday. Oh. Oh, okay. So thank you, Woodrow. Uh, 1945, high-ranking Nazi Hermann Goering is captured by the U.S. 7th Army. Nice. Good. That's yeah. good things. We like, we like capturing fugitive Nazis. That's a good thing. <laughs> sure, yes. We can all agree on that. Yes, we can. Can we all come together and agree on that? Uh, 1950, friend of the show L. Ron Hubbard publishes Dianetics. We've done L. Ron Hubbard.
1: We have.
0: We've actually done a few things on him.
1: He is an interesting man <laughs> with quite yes, a he, following.
0: Quite a following and quite a uh, a story yes. that he told about the mouth of the Columbia River. Right, right. Which uh,
1: just one of his stories. <laughs> we've done yes.
0: We've done we've done a show on that. Uh, 1955, West Germany joins NATO. Oh, okay. 1974. West Germany. Yep. Before they united. Yep. Mm-hmm. Before they got before they reconciled and came back together again. Yes. It was good those kids worked they worked it out.
1: It is. It's so small. Isn't Germany the size of like Oregon or Washington?
0: It's, it's not- always weird looking at a map of Europe compared to the United States.
1: Right. So I mean it's like splitting up Oregon, which we could do. <laughs> I oh, actually. No. What have you just done? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Don't get any ideas. Uh,
0: 1974, Nixon, or rather, I'm sorry, the House votes. I was jumping ahead. House votes to initiate impeachment proceedings against mm. President Nixon.
1: Yep. I saw that, one. And, that
0: one. and a gang of like three Republican senators go to see him. Oh. And they said, Mr. President, you're done. And that's why he resigns. Oh, okay. He was going to fight it because he was a fighter. But they said, you're, you're going to lose. So... Uh, 1960 though, the history highlight of the day, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration approves the world's first commercially produced birth control pill, Enovid, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Enovid 10, made by the G.D. Searle Company of Chicago, Illinois, the pill.
1: What time, or what year?
0: 1960.
1: Oh my gosh, 1960.
0: So suddenly, uh, women have the pill and it's a whole new world. Yeah. So that's our history highlight of the day. Yep. What I miss?
1: Uh, Well, not the history highlight because you got that one. Um, But 1962, I just thought this one was kind of cool. A laser beam is successfully bounced off the moon for the first time.
0: I think we've talked about this once before. Have
1: we? Because I didn't have time to look more into it, but I just find that so, like, it had to be the Americans. See, too, well, of course. Right. But
0: see, I think the last time I was all excited, and that's why I skipped that this time, because oh. <laughs> you, you didn't mock me, but you came close. Well, it is, You're like, why would you want to do that?
1: I know, it is so silly.
0: <laughs> and I was <laughs> and like, why it makes,
1: not? Uh, I mean, it's in our history. <laughs> Bounced off the moon. Okay. And, the, and then
0: I think we were speculating, like, how much did that cost? And <laughs> what did it actually achieve? Did we Nothing. learn anything from it?
1: <laughs> I mean, lasers are powerful, right? I mean,
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, but still, again, makes me chuckle. <laughs> okay.
0: See now, if we were really good at editing, I would show, I'd, I'd play the clip of you <laughs> making, making fun, fun of, of you that last time, like two years ago. Because <laughs> I always like the space stuff.
1: Yep. Yep. So,
0: not that I am an astronaut or want to be an astronaut. No. So. But um, we'll
1: document it though. That's
0: right. So um, you know, one of the things that be visitors to the Flavel House, not all of them, but frequently, I would love to live in this time period. <laughs> the 1880s right and I always say no I would like to visit it perhaps yeah and they're always kind of amazed the historian you don't want to you wouldn't want to live in this time period and I always say two things hot showers and modern medical science huh. <laughs> and people are like what so I thought today we might talk about Ooh. why living in an old Victorian house in the 1880s well it wouldn't be old then Right. But living in an 1880s house might not be the healthiest thing in the world. Uh, yes. These houses were deadly and could kill you.
1: Sure. Okay.
0: So this is not an anti-don't-visit-the-Flavel house, because we have made sure these things don't happen anymore.
1: Oh, for <laughs> So the, the
0: Flavel house is safe. Yes. But perhaps in the time period, had you, had you invented a time machine and visited your life might be in danger.
1: As was the life expectancy at that time. That's right. right.
0: So these are common household products from the Victorian age that could kill you. The Victorian era was fraught with danger. New machines were invented, but not perfected as a result of the Industrial Revolution. And many of them were gruesome accidents just waiting to happen. And if you were injured while using that fancy sewing machine or water pump, that could be the end of the line for you. Medical care was still developing during this age. And a lack of understanding about germs and disease could finish you off in the hospital. Hmm. Because they didn't have hospital week yet.
1: Right. right. (laughs) That's why. Of course, many horrible deaths happened during the Victorian age simply in the course of everyday life. From deadly makeup to wallpaper that leached poison, killer household items were everywhere. Even fashion posed a risk. That whalebone corset could cause lasting damage while it cinched in your waist. Read on to discover, or listen on to discover, more Victorian death facts about common products, and consider yourself lucky to be living in a more modern time.
0: Okay, so the first one's just gonna—I I threw this in first because people are gonna be surprised by this. Plastic toys exploded. <laughs> so you wouldn't think plastic to begin with. Doesn't right. that seem like well, a modern thing? Yeah. Uh, scene was one of the very first forms of plastic. It was invented during the Victorian era and became incredibly popular. This plastic was molded into combs, collars, children's toys, and billiard balls, among other things. The only problem was that the compound was very combustible and could explode on impact, making those games of billiards quite dangerous indeed.
1: Of all things. Billiards, (laughs) yeah.
0: Exploding. That would make pool kind of fun.
1: I I guess. (laughs) You're not going to put your face down I, near the, yeah, the I table. Don't,
0: I don't know how, how big the explosions were. <laughs> in theory, it sounds like it could be fun if it wasn't dangerous.
1: Right. Uh, wallpaper was a big trend in interior decor during the Victorian era, but not just any wallpaper. Shields green wallpaper. This spe- specific shade of green was created with the use of arsenic. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the deadly chemicals in the dye would flake off over time, turning into a dust that was easily inhaled. This was particularly dangerous for infants and young children who would get lung diseases and even die from breathing in small amounts of the dust.
0: So the first time I heard that wallpaper, I was like, what are they licking the wallpaper?
1: (laughs) They could. But but then I I read more and learned more about it. Um, Going into the
0: air. Boracic acid purified milk and killed children. Before pasteurization, drinking tainted milk could make a person sick, but usually not kill them outright. During the Victorian era, rumors spread that brassic acid, also known as boric acid, would purify milk and make it keep for longer. Hmm. People took to this idea in droves and added the white powder to milk that their children drank. Ugh. Unfortunately, the poison caused vomiting and diarrhea and killed around 500,000 children in England alone. Oh my gosh. See, why didn't we learn about this? Yeah. 500,000 kids. That's, a- Yeah. Before pasteurization, milk could contain bovine TB, which is then transmitted when drinking the milk. Another danger of milk was milk sickness, a common occurrence in the U.S. in the 1700s and 1800s, where snake root plant grows. Cows that consume this plant sometimes get sick, but the sickness is most prevalent in humans who drink the contaminated milk. Many victims of the diseases died, and the uh, true cause was not discovered until 1928.
1: Wow. That's
0: awfully late in the game.
1: Makes you want to go grab a glass of milk. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Get some milk for the kitties. We, we, <laughs> Sit down and listen to the show. We
1: love our local dairy farmers. We, we drink milk in our house, cow milk and That's, almond milk. Really? I yeah.
0: I can't bring myself to do it. Well, you might. Could you taste the difference if, if I put like two glasses without
1: labeling Oh, for labeling sure. Them? For sure. Uh, I'm the one that drinks the almond milk, and it does it does not taste like cow's milk at all okay no it looks like it mm-hmm. and i think they even got in trouble there was a lawsuit about being able to call it milk yes because it's not milk it's really an almond drink yes there's no true. milk from an almond right it's not an you're animal not, you're not milking or, the almond <laughs> or, right <laughs> um but yes it's it's very different but same proteins right mm. so toilets here's a fun one could burst Indoor plumbing was a new invention during the Victorian period. It was convenient, and running water made indoor sinks, bathtubs, and toilets a popular addition to homes. Today, we have water heaters with controls in them that allow for very hot water, though not dangerously so, to be delivered safely to our faucets. These controls can even be turned down if there are children in the house who can't be trusted to turn the water to the correct temperature. But back in the early days of indoor plumbing in the Victorian era, there were no controls for water temperature, and people were seriously scalded on a regular basis. It's one of the many things that a wife or a housekeeper would have to monitor to ensure that everyone stayed safe and well. Public sewage systems also weren't yet perfected. Methane would back up in the sewers and spread into homes where the gas would explode when it was brought into contact with lit candles. In some cases, the toilet would explode, killing the person in the room. At the time,
0: you know, death is never a good thing, but that would there be. are some ways that you just don't want to go. No. Although, you know, one of the things that always amazes me: people come into the Flavel House and they say. Uh, you know, wow, hot and cold running water and flush toilets—that must have been you know, the first one in town. And I always laugh. I'm like, no, there was a city water system they hooked up to. It wasn't like everybody's was coming to see the Flavel flush toilet.
1: Just that. Right. And people
0: think I'm lying. I can just tell oh. that they think I don't know what I'm talking about. That they just can't believe it somehow. And, and then I usually shock them that as late as like the 1930s, I believe, there is basically an open sewer pipe sticking into the river. Between the East End Mooring Basin and, like, 2nd Street, there's, like, 30 of them. Oh. So, basically, each street just had a sewer pipe that just dumped raw sewage oh. into the river.
1: I believe it. I mean, and thank goodness we were near the ocean, right? But I'm yeah. sure that happened in, you know places where they weren't near the ocean oh up, up river of course oh, yeah man. so yeah. uh
0: dishes lead was used in dishes up until recent years due to uh, the sheen it provided on ceramics this is one reason why antique dishes should be probably uh display pieces only people in the victorian era would have uh, had a hard time escaping lead since it was also sometimes added to food to act as a colorant mm. or extender
1: sure that's a great idea Um, cosmetics gave women lead poisoning. It was important for proper women to have a very pale complexion during the Victorian time period. This was achieved with the help of face powders and paints, some of which contained lead. The most popular brand of the period, Laird's Bloom of Youth, contained the chemical. Lead impacted women's motor skills and caused what was then called lead palsy of the hands. With continued use, death by lead poisoning would occur.
0: See, this is why cosmetics. Just don't bother.
1: Yes, no.
0: they really don't make people look better.
1: No, you're this. You look the same. Exactly.
0: Yes. Uh, arsenic-ridden taxidermy. <laughs> it seems oh. like that would be an obvious. Uh, <laughs> dead birds were a popular addition to ladies' hats in the 19th century, uh, according to David. Fashions in millinery killed millions of small songbirds and introduced dangers that may still make some historic women's hats harmful to humans today. But it wasn't the birds that were the problem; it was the arsenic used on them. Taxidermists of the day use arsenic-laced soaps and other products to preserve birds and other creatures. In some cases, entire birds, one or several, were mounted on hats. Some Victorian fashion commentators decried the practice, though not because of the arsenic involved. One Mrs. How- Howis, a writer on dress and beauty, began an 1887 diatribe against smashed birds with the sentence, "'A corpse is never a really pleasant ornament.'" I, have I to agree. agree. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. A real bird. Oh, my gross? gosh. Yes. Even a fake bird. I know. Right. Like
0: like what? You're walking along and all of a sudden the bird landed on your hat. That's what we're supposed to think. Oh. you okay. Dr. Doolittle. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, aluminum bread sickened children. Commercial bakeries began to make their way across the United States during the Victorian period. This had its advantages as this dietary staple could be purchased rather than baked at home but it had its deadly disadvantages as well. Some commercial bakeries thinned out their flour with alum powder, alum powder, in order to save money. Alum, as in aluminum, Mm. made the bread whiter and better looking as well. This had deadly consequences for children as the powder caused malnutrition, bowel issues, and constipation, issues that were not easily cured back then. Are we learning anything here? (laughs) Things that make you look better or make things look Mm Aren't necessary. But the white bread looks so good. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I just, I like the last sentence there that it r- reminds us. That right. Things like diarrhea could kill you Yeah, back that's then. That's true. So yeah. once again, modern science, I, modern I, Medicine, yeah. <laughs> I like hospitals. I like doctors. Uh, cotton clothes were flammable although electricity and oil lamps weren't completely unheard of during the victorian era most people relied on candles for light this could be problematic when those open flames were exposed to the extremely starched highly flammable cotton that was popular at the time this fabric was used in everything from crinolins to ballet skirts and was one of the first types of inexpensive fabric to be made by machine another simpler cotton was used in nightshirts. It was flammable as well, and death could occur if the flames weren't put out quickly enough.
1: So you know what? They still put on children's pajamas. What? Uh, a note that says flammable. So <laughs> maybe it started from this. So, uh, and probably. It's probably al- a warning. I always kind of laugh at it, and it's like, well, of course it's flammable. I mean, isn't everything flammable? But there, I mean, there must be a reason why, but it's, it's children's pajamas still have like a... a little yellow card on it that says it it has
0: to be because like x number of people right in pajamas i wonder if it's a
1: softer material i I don't
0: know
1: uh, for another day okay the laundry mangle mangled users laundry mangles devices that wet clothes were pushed through in order to wring excess water from them have been around for years but the newfangled ones in the victorian era were powdered powered by electricity. Getting your sleeve or skirt caught in them while doing the laundry could be deadly, particularly if your body parts were pushed through the mangle as well.
0: I got a problem with anything called mangle, the mangle. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I don't want to get near it. Maybe I've read too many Stephen King stories. Right. Uh, Baby bottles infected infants. There's a good connection, a good uh, Mm -hmm. link up there. A new type of baby bottle was developed during this era. It consisted of a glass bottle, a thin rubber hose, and a small rubber nipple. The woman who invented it, Mrs. Beaton, claimed that it allowed for independent feeding, since the bottle could be propped upright while the milk flowed through the tube, and that it didn't need to be washed, since the hose and nipple were disposable. This was a deadly mistake. Both of the disposable rubber pieces became bacterial breeding grounds, transmitting infections to the infants in the age before antibiotics. Gross. That is gross.
1: Seems like a little common sense, though, like... Shouldn't you clean well, see, everything? And and
0: you've heard me talk about President Garfield, James Garfield, that I love, that got shot and only did like six months before he died. Right. One of the reasons, it wasn't the bullet necessarily, it was the doctors didn't even wash their hands. Oh. And they were like going into him trying to find the bullet.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Had they just left the bullet, he probably would have survived.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: But because they didn't know how to do surgery, they didn't know about gloves, they didn't know right. about Infection.
1: bacteria and
0: infections. so.
1: Oh. <sighs> Gaslighting and heating suffocated people. Natural gas began to be piped into homes in the middle of the 19th century. This gas was used to power light fixtures that were brighter than candles and provide heat to homes in a more efficient manner. However, the gas-powered devices in homes didn't have safety switches or release valves, so the gas would continue to silently seep into sealed rooms, suffocating people in their sleep or causing violent explosions.
0: Victorians were big on explosions. Yeah. Uh, Corsets suffocated wearers. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we can move on. Yeah. (laughs) Alana just said, duh, and we move on. Uh, Corsets were considered a necessary part of getting dressed, as they squeezed the waist and created that perfect hourglass shape that all Victorian women desired. However, over time, corsets pushed around bones and internal organs, and if they were too tight, made it hard to breathe. In these cases, women would faint or need to rest and catch their breath after standing for short periods of time. More than one too-tight corset restricted breathing to the point of suffocation and
1: death. Death by corset. Uh, Killer staircases. As houses were thrown up rapidly, one area of design that was often overlooked was the staircase, especially those installed for the use of servants. Made too narrow and too steep with irregular steps, the servant's staircase was a deadly construction. Add the weight of carrying trays or the complication of long skirts, and the stairs could easily prove fatal.
0: Killer staircases. (laughs) Electricity. The arrival of electricity was an extraordinary innovation. At first, people didn't know how to use it. Warning signs advised them not to approach the electric socket with a match. In the early 20th century, electricity companies sought to interest consumers in electric products beyond lighting. Some of these were obviously flawed. The electric tablecloth into which lamps could be directly plugged clearly didn't go well with a water spillage. Mm. But the real danger came from consumers trying to run many appliances from one socket, from trying to fix problems themselves, and from uninsulated wires. The newspapers are full of cases of people electrocuting themselves. And then I think of like our plugging in... A uh, surge protector with like twelve things, and plugging another one into that. (laughs) Have we learned nothing?
1: Well, I was just saying. I mean, or thinking. This is why we have so many warnings, because prior to warnings, this is what happened, folks. The people, people just didn't think. Yeah, or they did, and (laughs) oh man, yes. So,
0: so um, I forgot to mention. Yes. Coming up, we have old-fashioned fun and games return to uh, the. grounds of the Flavel house when's that happening this weekend coming yeah. up
1: oh, okay Saturday uh,
0: it is Saturday and Sunday from 11 till 4 okay it's free Yep. because our uh, friends at clumpy memorial hospital oh, pediatrics sponsored it That's thank nice. you um providence does nice things too but yes. this is not their event we didn't do that <laughs> you guys do other events for us uh but it's free and we're excited to have it back okay so- all kinds of fun things like potato sack races
1: Yep. Carly Ro- did that. She's done. She's done. So, but pie eating. Are you going to do the pie eating this year? It's individually. We have,
0: we have yet to decide. Yeah. Rope making. Rope making. Butter making. Oh, so some butter. storytelling. You
1: did ice cream making. Ice cream
0: making. Apple pressing. You'll I be impressed by apple pressing.
1: I think. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could do the uh, pie eating because we probably will. Because again, it's individually served. It's all outdoors. Everything's yes. outdoors. So. Yeah.
0: Hopefully. But uh, our wagon ride. uh, Or it's being sold and the new owner isn't quite ready. Okay. (laughs) So maybe next year for the wagon rides to return.
1: But that's a fun one. Free. And what were the hours again?
0: From 11 until 4 each day.
1: And you need about an hour at least, I would say. Because there's
0: fabulous prizes if you do enough things. Like
1: a a checklist. What's that called? There's
0: There's a little booklet that you get. And there's uh, like 15 things. And if you do 10 of them, I think, you you come back and you get a prize. Yes. So it's always fun. And it's always a nice day on the grounds of the Flavel House. There you go. And then two weeks from then, two weeks from now, uh, Fort George Brewery is doing the, and I'm not going to pronounce it right, the Lupulin Festival. Ooh. Uh, they did it Which like four that? years ago on the grounds of the Flavel House. 500 people were on the grounds, or 400 oh. people, and they're limiting ticket sales to 700 this time.
1: And what is it? Is it a ticket? It's just a
0: beer, beer festival.
1: A beer festival on yeah. the Flavel House.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. On I love grounds. that. Yeah.
0: It's huge, so go check out. They're probably already sold out, but check out Fort George uh, (laughs) Brewery's website. They sell the tickets, and they make a very kind donation to the Historical Society. Sure. And uh, it's just uh, kind of fun to see the grounds used by a whole different audience.
1: Yeah. You also have an uh, exhibit up, too. Do we want to mention the exhibit? We do. Uh, It's the This Has Been a Terrible Day exhibit, and it's about the Great Astoria Fire of 1922. Um, it opened earlier this year. Uh, um, we have had doctor, didn't we have Chelsea, Dr. Chelsea Vaughn talk yeah, about it? She yep. came on okay. just
0: as it was being created. Okay. Because we thought when we first planned this, it'd be really easy. We'll just do a great exhibit. We'll get all of our okay. exhibits out. And then we realized the town burned down. There are no exhibits.
1: There's nothing left.
0: There's a pile of ashes. <laughs> That's all 19- we got. got. But it's a really fun exhibit. It's pretty powerful. And, uh, it's really nice looking. It's a great, uh, tons of little stories oh. and it's very engrossing and it looks great. And uh, it's here at the Heritage Museum. Um, We're open five days a week uh, from 10 until 5.
1: And when you opened, you uh, invited local uh, firefighters to come first? We
0: did. We had firefighters from uh, Seaside, from... Uh, Astoria from Warrenton, and then one from Vancouver, of all places, oh, heard about it and came.
1: How fun. And I was you... like,
0: you weren't invited. You weren't a Clatsop County firefighter, so I a... kicked them out. <laughs> no, I'm just no. kidding.
1: <laughs> to be a fly on the wall, did you hear any of them saying anything, or were they just kind of, I mean, to see those pictures and to just imagine was... that sort of a destruction? You know, a
0: lot of stories going back and forth, like, oh, do you remember the time this happened? Do you remember that time? Oh, of other fires. Yeah. I mean, it piqued their interest in terms of other things that they had experienced, yeah. so it was kind of fun. In fact, the Astoria crew came together and then they got a call in the middle of it and had to leave and come back.
1: Good for them. We thank thank them. Thankfully,
0: it was not a real fire.
1: Thank them for their service. Yeah,
0: so that was fun. All right. uh, Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Go make some history. We'll catch you next week.
1: Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History.
0: An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.